재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 That was a whole epiphany like kind of changed my whole mindset There's a big risk, but at the same time, it's one of those things where if you don't do it, you're going to spend the rest of your life wondering what would have happened. So, of course, I had to do it. The expression, home is where the heart is, came to mind. I'm already set it down here because, you know, my family's here. Welcome back to Koreascape. A lot of interesting and prominent expats choose to make Korea their home long term and sometimes forever. And we, on every Tuesday, we devote a segment to them in which we ask the question, why here? Why did you choose to stay? Actually, the person who goes out and asks the questions is our guest host and team member, GP. He's back in the studio and he's brought some sound from yet another interesting expat. Hey, GP. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. This is our first one of 2016. That's right. Uh, We were off last week for um, the TBS News Team special. That's right. So you had a little bit of a break? (laughs) I wouldn't call it a break. (laughs) I I managed to keep busy. You guys keep me on my toes, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're you're definitely never idle. So um, who are we learning about this week? You know, let's let's rewind because you kind of gave me some chills there with your little intro. You use that word forever. Tying something in geographically, you know, like we're in Korea. Are we here forever? One person for the rest of your life or just any one thing. Um, I would like to, you know, take a moment to recognize that seriousness. Are you here forever? Am I here forever? Um, I'm not even here on Earth forever, but in Korea, I would say, no, I'm definitely not here forever. I am here for the foreseeable future. No plans to leave, but eventually, I'm sure... I'll be off to somewhere new. All right. right? Well, for all practical purposes, there are some people that are here forever. Nobody's here forever. But uh, some people really have chosen decades long to plant their feet and uh, be part of this whole. uh, Yeah. Today's expat of interest, actually, just um, will be hitting her decade-long mark. No kidding. In 2016, this year. Uh, She's a business owner, not the first one we've had the pleasure of speaking to, but she is the um, first startup entrepreneur to be heard from on Why Here, unless you consider Eric uh, Moynihan from... um, um, the craft brewing company, but yeah. I, I'm not sure that's that qualifies as a startup because well, that's kind of a startup. It's kind of a startup. Yeah. But maybe in Korea it's a startup. Yeah. Anyway, her name is uh, Marie Frenette. Today's uh, expat of interest, and I first bumped into her at the Seoul Global Center while recording for the uh, startup edition of Planet Korea. We did a few um, weeks or months back. I don't <laughs> quite remember. Okay. I've done a lot in that time. Excuse me. Uh, she speaks a mile a minute, but don't let that underplay the weight of her words at all, or else you'll miss all the experience and insight that she carries. My name is Marie, and I'm a Canadian. I've been living here in Korea for 10 years now, and I'm currently running my own business. Yeah, I was actually uh, really surprised that she's been here a decade because her appearance and demeanor doesn't carry that decade mark wear and tear. You know, when people say they've been here as long as, um, you know, the better part of a decade, Mm. you kind of expect a certain level of jaded, for lack of a better word. I don't think that's They almost apologize for it. It's like, yeah, I guess it's going to be 10 years now. You, know? you, you hit it right on the head. That's exactly what it is, right? They almost sound that way. And I don't think it's, um, it's the fact that they're here in Korea or in Seoul. I think it's just like, you know, I've been outside of my home mm-hmm. country for this long, and I didn't think I would be initially. I'm a professional expat. I think, you know, just talking to you now and talking to Marie, um, 
I'm going to start owning it. You know, I've been here. This is my seventh year. And <laughs> is it really? I didn't realize you were here for that long. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm just going to own it. When someone asks me how long I've been here, I'm seven years, seven proud years. It's been, right. a, it's been a great run. So uh, Marie's original reason for coming was simply that she wanted to live in a non-English-speaking country anywhere in the world, not particularly in Asia. And uh, she actually kind of came across Korea serendipitously. She was sitting um, on an airplane, and a passenger next to her on that airplane was telling her about Busan and Jeju because Marie likes the sea and mountains. And she said literally three months later, she landed in Jeju. Let's hear her reasons for staying past that one-year trial run, though. Mm. In the beginning, it was actually Korean language. So during my first year, I had a lot of trial and error with studying Korean, but I started getting it just at the end of my first year. And I thought, hey, you know, why leave now? Why not stay another year? So I extended on my teaching contract for another year, and then I moved to Seoul to study Korean. So I studied at the Seoul National University's uh, Korean language program to level six. And then Again, there was something I kind of wanted to do. It was, hey, I already speak Korean. Maybe I could try to work in my field. So at that time, Itam Sajangim was the head of the Korea Tourism Organization. And I thought, hey, if a foreign-born person like him can be in that kind of position, maybe Korea Tourism Organization might be a good place for me. So I applied, and I got the job. And that was the beginning of my marketing career here. My major was actually entrepreneurship, and so from the time I was 16, I was doing business, even in the halls of my high school. So my main goal the whole time was eventually to get permanent residency and start my business here. So what's kept me in Korea all this time is new challenges constantly coming up, new things I want to do. It all kind of starts with language, doesn't it? I mean, that, that's a pretty serious commitment, the six-year or the six levels at uh, Seoul National University. That's um, going to be a very challenging program. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. And uh, I, you know, I'm ashamed to say that I haven't committed that kind of time to the language. I have taken classes and such, but you find that um, few people, a lot of people you'll hear from on this particular se- uh, segment stress the importance of learning the language, mm-hmm. Korean language. Um, but I think few stay for the express reason of learning it. Mm-hmm. So she said that that's kind of what got her past that first year mark. Uh, Kurt, we've never discussed your reasons. Would you like? Did you know that you're going to be here more than a year? I know a lot of people when they get sent out on assignments or when they decide to go somewhere and they're actually doing the career that they have already established for themselves, they know they're going to be there for longer than a year. I didn't know I was going to be here hmm. for longer than a year. Did you know? Well, when I was first here, I was assigned as a correspondent for Voice of America, and that was a maximum five-year stint. Uh, and then you had to go somewhere else in the world. And that's precisely what I did. I stayed the maximum five years. I knew after about one year that, yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to re-up every year until I reached that limit. And then I um, went to India for a couple of years. And uh, I wanted to get back to Korea pretty intensively. So I um, went freelance. And I came back here for a couple more years. And, and here I sit. So now I'm, I'm back in Korea for, what is it? It's got to be almost three years now. Wow. So yeah, um, all told, cumulatively, I guess I'm here for eight years so far. Y'all make me sound so tentative in my decisions to stay in my first year. I had no idea why I stayed my first year, but I'm definitely glad I did. Uh-huh. And I transitioned out, much like Marie. She transitioned out of teaching um, after that first year or um, some sometime in the beginning there. And she got a job in the field she studied, which, as any long-term expat will tell you, mm. 
um, and actually anyone in the world, is much easier said than done. She actually talked her way into a, a Korean tourism organization gig and sold her future bosses on her passion, mm. which is which is gutsy. I um at the time when I got my first um, like full time radio job here at TBS, I, I don't think um, I really sold them on my my technical ability. I think I was just persistent and annoying. So that works too, you know. Keep charging the brick wall, and eventually <laughs> you'll make a crack. Uh, much love, big shout out to Team Jangnim. Thank you very much for enduring me and continuing to do so. So. What's kept Marie here past that point is new challenges and new things to do. Usually, you know, we kind of draw it out, what keeps you here. That's the name of the segment. We mm-hmm. draw it out. And mm-hmm. she's already said it. Um, new challenges. Totally subjective, right? Do you find that, you know, you face new challenges all the time here, Kurt? Are you, are you kind of settled in now? I mean, for me, I feel like there are indeed new challenges all the time. Well, you can choose to embrace new challenges. You can, you can go one way or the other. You can go into, your, into a rut and just kind of go through the routine, almost like you can anywhere or at home, and you can indeed. accept a comfortable life. Uh, or, you know, if you choose to embrace uh, new challenges, there, there's a million out there for you to, to grab at. And certainly starting your own business is one of the biggest challenges, especially in a, a, a foreign environment or a different language or a different cultural environment. And that looks to be what she's doing now. Yeah, and that's what exactly what I was going to say is that um, she's a startup founder, an entrepreneur. You have new challenges all the time. And I have new challenges all the time too. But when I first got here, I was surprised at how quickly I fell into a rut. And I believe, I firmly believe if you're stuck in some sort of daily grind, uh, no matter where you are in the world, that's sort of on you to get out of. Things are different. Of course, if you have a family and you have to provide for that family, then I'm not one to judge (laughs) for sure. Um, So let's move on, though. I believe Marie was also um, the first expat we've heard from to acquire an F visa through the point system as opposed to marriage. So I was very keen on picking her brain about that as well. When I first came to Korea, there were very little programs available for foreigners at all. And so what I knew was if I want that F visa, I need to marry a Korean. Which wasn't that big of a problem for me because I was dating Koreans and I figured, you know, I could find love and eventually marry. But at the same time, it felt weird because I wanted to get the residency on my own in my own name. So eventually the points visa came up and I decided, you know, even if I were to marry a Korean person, I would prefer to get the visa on my own. It basically took me two years to get everything together and get my visa. The reason why I tried so hard is because after that point, without any big investment, I could just walk into the tax office and register my business. So uh, that was the main motivation for me in the end, was eventually to live as normally as possible in this country. The only thing I can't do is vote right now, so I'm pretty satisfied. Kudos to Marie for getting it done, something I've yet to complete. I have started the uh, point system, but I haven't completed it like she has. And um, that's definitely something for you potential startup founders to key in on right there is that you can register your business Mm. without substantial investment. I'm pretty sure that if you don't have a visa at all, then the investment in a startup needs to be huge. I'm I'm thinking six figures in U.S. dollars, something like that, right? It's it's at least, I think, 100,000 U.S. dollars, like Elok Wan kind of thing. Uh, I don't know the exact figure, but um, a significant amount of money. 
Yeah, and um, I cannot tell you, Kurt, when I was doing um, the point system and I was taking my classes and I was working full-time and then after work I'd go to take the classes and I was just drained being out from 8 a.m. in the morning until 10 p.m. at night, um, three, four days a week. How many of my coworkers at the time at where I used to work would just ingest, kind of say, just get married to a Korean? Like it was yeah. that simple. It was, like, it was like turning on a light switch. Just get married. To a Korean. Yeah. yeah it's the, it is the easy route to the visa. I mean, uh, it's... Um is love easy? I mean, yeah, exactly. Love's uh, not easy. You got right? your visa, but you've got a whole other set of uh, concerns at that point. Concerns, um, very diplomatically worded, <laughs> sir. Different obligations, shall we say? Have we heard yet what um, Marie's business is? Uh, she's launched this business, started it up, but but what is it? What does she do? Uh, we are we're going to hear about that in just a second. But there is something that she touched upon that um, uh, is is kind of it. it it's something that I relate to in a different way. Uh, she said, live a normal life. And hmm. normal is, of course, in the eye of the beholder. Like, I, don't, I don't know if I live a normal life here or if I would um, back in California where I'm from. Kurt, do you consider your life to be normal? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I am a, is that a little a good piece thing of or a bad pottery thing that has or? been slung from the wheel. Uh, yeah, it's mixed. It's mixed. Um, you know, I look around at uh, everybody with their 2.5 kids and their, uh, you know, sedan, their economy sedan and their trips and their family and all that stuff. And I, um, you know, I, I say, gosh, I'm not quite there. Uh, but then again. Rock on, man. Uh, you know, um, yeah. So normal, if you define normal as according to norms. Uh, then as in I, what you see on TV and stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite in that category. So it's. Uh, I don't I, think that's what Maria is getting at to you when she says normal, but um, having all the full rights. Ah, uh, I think that's like what she's going for. And, I see um, what you mean to have like, uh, yeah, all right. So that not restricted in what she wants to yeah, do. Yeah, I don't feel restricted. I, I guess I am a little bit restricted technically because I'm not on the same thing as her. But uh, I don't live a normal life and I fully embrace it. But, um, yeah, you're right. Let's move on to what she does right here. Now that we know why here, let's hear about the challenges she alluded to. Okay. Well, I have my own business. And then I also work for the Ministry of Justice as an instructor. Uh, teaching other foreign people in the initial adjustment program and also OASIS, the startup visa program. And then I sometimes do some corporate teaching as well. But my full-time job is my business. Basically, the project that I'm really focusing on right now is called Korea Curated, and it's a monthly subscription box service. We ship worldwide. Basically, what we're doing is we're working with small, medium-sized businesses, artists, design companies that are producing really high-quality, basically just awesome stuff that we want to introduce to the rest of the world. And every month, we put uh, between 8 and 10 items into that box, and we ship to our subscribers. We also create really unique content uh, related to those products or those companies, those people, to bring our subscribers more close in an emotional level to really understand, you know, this is not just a product. There's so much more story behind this. It's a cool business model. Yeah, I've heard of uh, similar subscription-based models that sell like razor blades, things you need on a monthly basis, protein supplements. Um, but this one sells culture, and they're creating content about it, which creates that emotional connection. It's very collectible, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, the website is www.koreacurated.com if you want to check that out. Um, very fascinating. I actually interviewed her at the Yongsan Startup Center, which was a brand new office space that she was awarded. And it's mostly for Koreans, but they're opening it up to foreigners as well. Place is huge, and it really shows that um, the government is kind of it's kind of behind this scene, you know? Yeah, yeah. They'll provide the the space and the resources if you're interested. For sure.
So, uh, yeah, uh, you get a little box of Korean culture every month if you subscribe to this thing, and uh, the government helps her do it. Um, where, where do we want to go next? You know, she actually is involved in another government uh, program, and this was one I'd never heard of before. She's going to explain it for us now. Yeah, our job is to basically make people's lives here as easy and as rewarding as possible. You know, there are some really simple details that if you just know those things, you can have a much less frustrating life here, you know, just to help people get beyond just being a foreigner, just struggling and to be able to fulfill their own dreams. One example is... These days, there's a big shift at the Ministry of Justice and the immigration policy. In the past, there was this kind of dream, like, oh, we can get a bunch of, you know, rich, experienced business people to come and invest big money in Korea. And the fact is that even if you do succeed in that, when they get here, the way of doing business and the culture is so very different that they're not happy. They don't stay that long. Or they develop a negative attitude. So the Ministry of Justice, the Immigration Office, basically is thinking, well, if not these people, who? Who are the people that we want to be here in, in our society in the long term who can contribute economically? And so they realize, you know, we have so many foreign students from all over the world here. And they've come to Korea because they love Korea. They learn Korean. So they know Korean society very well. And they often have a lot of business ideas. So the policy has changed so that I think it's within one year of graduating from a Korean university, you can actually get permanent residency. Yeah, so they're opening things up a lot for students. And I think that's such a forward-thinking attitude. And so one of our jobs is to kind of get those, those sort of messages out there. So she works for a Ministry of Justice program. Uh, she's not actually one of their employees, but she works for the program. She teaches classes uh, classes for the likes of foreign students to get them more competent about laws and the availability of programs, which is amazing. I didn't know these things were you know on offer, and it actually makes me think of my mom because my mom was a refugee in America, and right. then she went to similar things here. So I'm very, very uh, grateful and touched that um, there are these things here and that Marie's a part of them. Hmm. It's interesting to hear how much the government is opening up as well, uh, that uh, there is hope of uh, getting a, a permanent residency visa and taking a business idea to fruition if you've got the right idea. Yeah, and she, I love how she gave me that concrete example of something that's being implemented that she's a part of. You know, uh, I never wanted to get involved in government programs before because of all the cynicism and you, you think of bureaucracy and things like that. But when you can see something like um, people going from a student visa into permanent residency relatively easily just based on their love of being here, you know, that's inspiring. Yeah. So what's ahead for Marie, just real briefly? Marie will be continuing Korea Curated. And, um, yeah, I think that's like her biggest plan. I know she worked on it like um, – throughout the holidays, too. So big shout out to her. All right. Very cool company and another very interesting expat GP. You did it again. Thank you very much for this edition of Why Here. My pleasure, sir. All right. And that brings Tuesday's edition of Koreascape to a close. Our show is produced by Christina Saul, GP Wen, who you just heard from, and Jamie Lee are our writers. I'm Kurt Asian. Remember to follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Koreascape. That is one word. And make sure to tune in tomorrow. We've got Local Eats. The Booty Kitchen bloggers are here with a Guamegi and Gomak edition of the segment. See you then.